0: you're listening to the optimal state podcast here we go hive mind detonation in three two one confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light the, truth. the mainstream you can't handle the truth has been put on notice this is the optimal state podcast yeah, yes. hello friends welcome to another episode of the optimal state podcast episode 17 i can't believe we're here i can't believe we're at episode 17 it's been an awesome ride so far i'm having a blast it's been cool bringing you guys content reacting to the news as it develops and kind of seeing the through line of things you know kind of starting to um paint a picture of of what's been happening since we started the show before we get too into things my name is J-Rad, I'm one of your hosts, and I am joined by the man of men, the guy who really needs no introduction, Senior Adam. Welcome to the show, dude. How you doing today?
1: Uh, well, thank you for uh, introducing me anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Always, man. I mean, I feel like it has to be done at this yeah. point, right?
1: <clears throat> the man that needs no introduction needs to be introduced.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, doing all right. Everything is uh going well. You know, chilling, trying to, you know, figure uh figure everything out. But you know, how are you
0: doing? Oh, dude, I'm pretty good, man. Um, I think it was last episode uh that I was I mentioned I might I had some back issues. I threw my back out. I when I'm not doing the podcast, I I work a tech job, and that involves basically sitting in front of a screen all day. And uh, I hurt my back from just being seated at a chair all day. So uh, no more of that. I am now, I now have a standing desk that I, I, I've had it actually for a bit, but now I'm using it pretty much exclusively invested in a nice heating pad. I've been seeing an acupuncturist and if you haven't gone get acupuncture, I I do recommend it. Um, It's kind of. I wouldn't say painful, but there there are some parts of it as as you could imagine, you know, you're sticking pins into the upper dural layer of your skin. But uh, could, there's some parts of it that are a little uncomfortable. But the idea is to let the blood flow. Uh, if you're like if you're like me, and and you work a job where you might be um, kind of stiff all day and, and not moving around it seems like muscles can contract and that prevents blood flow from optimally flowing through your body. So acupuncture did a great job of kind of loosening stuff up and, and getting the blood flow going. So I had like a tingliness in the tips of my fingers, which, you know, that that sounds pretty gnarly. Um, and it was definitely not something that was too enjoyable. I play guitar too. So that was not uh, too fun, but um, yeah, that's like basically all gone. Any, any of the, kind of like pins and needly feelings I was having are are completely gone and uh so yeah man highly recommend that it's been super cool. But um
1: it's it sounds like the the same concept of like derma rolling. You know what I mean? Like basically like when you you get something that's uh you know you kind of like wear out the skin a little bit and then it, it shoots new blood to it to to help you know heal it. And you know, so if you have an injury somewhere or you're trying to like uh you know get some blood to a certain place to heal it if you use it
0: i think they might have used that with the therapy i got today there there was like a rolling part you know I'm, I'm face down so i can't see exactly what uh she was doing but there was like a part where she was like rolling out my back in the beginning before we got to the actual acupuncture therapy could have been that
1: was it like a was it like prickly or was it just uh something that was uh like a rolling thing
0: it felt well the there, there, the roller it felt like it was just a roller that Mm -hmm. initial part and then later on came the the pricking of of the needles
1: yeah 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 so i I guess you know something like that i mean same concept but you're just getting it all over your body whereas like you like kind of use a derma roller you are just increasing the blood flow to an injury to get like more blood platelets there to help it heal You know, so uh, you know, uh, so so, I you know, just you you brought that up. It just kind of reminded me of derma rolling. And yeah, uh, same concept, uh, similar um, concept. Yeah, yeah, it helps with uh, uh, what was it? Um, what do people use it for? Well, people use it to like uh keep their skin healthy and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so there's there's a bunch of different um good things. That uh, um, uh, that end up happening to use it, you
0: know. Uh, that's great. Yeah, cool. I'll I'll look into it. I'll look into it if if it was something I got today or something I could add to my kind of uh, I guess it's in an ongoing therapeutic routine I'm trying to implement into my life. And I mean, that's been something that I I actually wonder if people who tune into our show with with the name the Optimal State Podcast, I wonder if they think that we're a very like health focused show in air focused on like, um, health and wellness. I know we, we say in the show pretty clearly that we're not about that, but maybe when people are looking it up, they would think that initially, um, we don't really talk about that, but it really does factor in, I think to ultimately what we're, what we try to focus on and and discuss on the show, which is how to achieve the optimal state of pretty much all things, all things we come into contact with and your physical health. If my dad used to say this all the time uh you know rest in peace to my to my old man but he used to say that uh if you don't have your health you don't have anything and i mean it's it really is true Uh, i could tell you from my bag just being thrown out uh a week ago and hobbling around i mean my dog's pulling me down the sidewalk as we're walking and i'm like i can't even i'm like shuffling i can't even believe it you take you take a lot of things for granted when you have your health and uh so yeah anyway we could we could definitely touch more on this stuff i think the idea of um in, improving blood flow is like really kind of like i don't want to say like was mind-blowing because in a lot of ways it's kind of duh you know we are we are cardiovascular creatures we pump blood in order to stay alive but just the then how it all works is super interesting and because it's it's hidden from us, from, from our observations. And it's not part of our consciousness really, you know, it's, it's our, it's part of a subconscious system where we're just largely unaware of it a lot of the time. And it's just so interesting. I mean, blood, not to to sound like really uh, morbid or anything, but blood itself is just such a a interesting thing. Uh, If you look at like so many religions, ancient religions, Christianity, Judaism, Blood is such a central facet of things, and I I do think that a lot of <laughs> we talk about like you know intentional, um, the state or the system or the establishment doing things intentionally to keep the masses in a in a weakened, more suboptimal state, and I I do think that blood, knowledge of of blood and and its properties and different different things that uh i don't know just a lot to do with it a lot of people are not very aware of it you know i mean most people don't even know their blood type um you know let alone anything else and uh i just wonder if that's like largely intentionally by design to keep people ignorant of that to um you know in the modern age where we find blood to be very gross like we we don't consume it with our food we always have this like you know, if you go to a supermarket, you have completely bleached, washed meat. It's like bloodless. Um, so I don't know. Any, it's kind of interesting. What do you think? Any any thoughts on 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 blood?
1: Well, I think that blood represents life, so that's why uh, I think that it's so cer- ceremonial. Uh, and it does yeah? I, you know, so
0: um
1: I, I think. That's probably why. Doesn't just I'm, represent
0: but, life; it, it carries life. I mean, it it is life, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, and uh, yeah, it, blood is definitely an interesting uh, thing cause it, it, you know we're just talking about the healing nature of it. Um, in, in order to heal yourself, you got to get blood flow there. Um, and yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's very um. You know, I, I think that people today, they just think it's, like, you know, diseaseful and, you know, all, all this stuff. And uh, I don't know, I don't think that people really think about
0: blood, you know You know, I mean? They it's just like, think honestly. blood is blood, right? But yeah, I'll tell yeah. you who is thinking about it, the people who are getting their blood transfusions, you know, and uh, live into 100, 110 years old. I mean, you know, George Soros is uh, regularly right getting that that youthful blood pumped into his old body there.
1: Yeah, well, he's uh, he's got the machine that he grinds up the kids in.
0: Yeah, right. well, I mean, I was gonna say, where do you th- where do you think he gets it? I mean, you know, Libya has the biggest open air slave market. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. So, uh, you think he's Let's importing tell- some North African Mediterraneans over to uh, the Let's George Soros the mansion?
1: Let's have him on the show. Be like, yo, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well,
0: hey, George, if you're listening, man, you want to come on? chat with us we love to have you
1: yeah they said uh it's, it's funny because I was just reading his son has been in the White House a lot
0: really and, uh, which, oh that's yeah, interesting
1: yeah and it's like does that really surprise you I mean Doesn't. and that's the and, and and that's like you know obviously we could like get to this later but it's just the fact that how do you not think that these billionaires and these people that have like trillions of dollars of wealth in their family aren't really running things? I mean, it's just, you'd have to be obnoxiously stupid not to see that, you know? It's like, and and it's always, you're not gonna know who they are, but you know they exist. I mean, they have to. It's just like, to me, it's like a 99.9% certainty that, you know, these people exist and they're running the show behind Um, scenes. So yeah, and, if, uh,
0: and if they're not someone else's right. I mean, that's, that's always my logic. I'm like, you may think this is so far out, dude, but if you're not doing it, I guarantee there's some ruthless, cunning, highly intelligent, ambitious person who's out there looking to figure out how to run all this. Um, Because there's a lot of people like, I think 90% of people are very okay with chaos. Cause they don't even view it as chaos. They just like, wake up, you know, drink coffee, breakfast, go to work, come home, go to sleep, do it all over again. It's just like, it's there. And I know that's not chaos, but it's like, it's, they wouldn't know the difference between that. And like, I, I think like the weekend comes, you know, and they're just waking up and go through their life anyway. So it's, I, I, I guess I'm trying to say like these, no matter if there's like a, a regimented system in place or not, these people seem to be okay with whatever is going on. I think most people are kind of like that, right? It's like just tell me what to do if it's not happening, whatever. But then there's like five to ten percent of people who are far more ambitious, want far more power, and they have a they actually have like a violent reaction to chaos or at least to what they perceive as chaos, what they perceive is outside of their control and then there's like two to three percent of that 10%. So a real small number who I think are like, you know, you have the sociopaths. It's probably even actually a bigger number than I than that than that small number. But these are like the sociopath narcissists who have the like kind of the ultimate nefarious combination of that sociopathy as well as wealth, as well as access to power, as well as influence. You know, and then these are these are the guys who are where we tend to be kind of concerned about because we're like we're such little peons on the outside of things. But we know there is this kind of really powerful force that just has a bunch of meat sacks just like us running it, too. And that's kind of terrifying because, you know, that these people are like not grounded in any real decency or morality. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the way that's the way the world is is reflected the values are reflected like that right now
1: yeah and it, it's funny because they said like the most narcissistic jobs are um doctors teachers nurses um you know politicians and it's just like well what's the one thing they all have in common is power over others and that's what like the narcissist gets their feet from is that power and that's why like People who get into healthcare and they get into teaching and all this stuff, they, they they use that as a way to get their feed to keep their narcissistic ways going, um, especially obviously politicians, but I mean, like lawyers, like those are the, most, the people with the most uh, traits of narcissism. Uh, and... They're, um, you know, and, and I think about that, like a lot of teachers and all these people, they're they're, they're usually charismatic or you have to be at least to some degree, um, usually. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the psychology behind, you know, these people who just, I mean, I think the psychology is just, they just want to keep their family in power for as long as possible and they look at us as a threat. So in order to keep that threat minimized, they just throw nonsense at us that are going to distract us, you
0: know, drugs, alcohol. Foreign. Basically, bread and circus. That's actually not a bad segue. We could talk about the latest bread and circus, which is, I mean, one of the biggest stories this past week has been this whole Tennessee 3 nonsense. And the the very real tragedy of what happened in Tennessee at the with the um, forgetting the the shooter's name, um, the trans woman who went in there and killed children and adults, I think there were six people killed. There's another shooting today. I don't know if you, you saw that, but uh, it's these people waste no time. You know, I, I was deep down the Twitter hole earlier. At Optimal State Pod. If any of you listeners are not following us already, but uh yeah, it's a absolute madhouse of these leftists just jumping on this and using it to politicize their whole like uh the the their adamant like let's get the guns stance, you know, and they're at this again. It's it's just really easy to see like that is their takeaway and they go for it. I don't know how they plan on, on doing what they, I don't even know what they propose to do. I mean, you had this, this incident with the Tennessee three where you had these, the two younger guys in the Tennessee house, they stood up, made a whole big disturbance. This older lady, older white lady, like joined in with them. And now they've been just milking the media, their 15 seconds of fame, just milking every moment they can in front of a camera. And it's just like the double standard is so funny because you see people, the left, celebrating these, these guys for creating a disturbance. You see them celebrating all these children who've been bused to the Tennessee Congress and are in there, uh, you know, yelling. And you see the left celebrating this. Meanwhile, they're still talking. Well, actually, <laughs> funny, you haven't heard much about January 6th in the past couple of weeks, right? But up until just before this, you know, we were still, we just, uh, we've been having nonstop hearings about January 6th. I mean, the QAnon shaman was in the news recently for just getting out of, uh, now he's under house arrest. So, still technically a political prisoner. And it's hilarious, you still see the left- Acting like they are the underdogs, that they're the rebels, they're the revolutionaries. I'm like, you guys are not. You're you what it is, and it's now it's more obvious than ever, is you're just recycling the same tired old lines that you've been using since the 60s, literally the 60s, and that's when this whole worldview really kind of came about. Really, it's this whole post-World War II boomer mindset that they still grasp onto to this very day this whole do as thou wilt uh you know have have fun cuz everything's just always going to get better so just like you know work hard make a lot of money and uh you know oh just uh don't judge anybody that's kind of like their their whole um Stance I, I you know I watched this video earlier today I should definitely give him some credit because I, I, I did get a lot out of this it was by uh, what if altist what if altist on YouTube and uh, he put out a great video today I forget exactly the title it was something about the rise of the angry white male or something or the coming rise of the angry white male something along those lines I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for the for the episode. Uh, nice, very dense, information-rich episode. I, I would actually love to get him on the show if possible, but he, it's a pretty big channel, so might need to pull some strings before that happens. But um, he kind of was, in the video, he was citing something that I've been alluding to in past episodes, and I think we've discussed, is just that this incessant push by the left to basically destroy and undermine every traditional aspect of society what, what is going to be the ultimate outcome of that? I mean, you could only – it's the, the tired and true analogy of you could only poke a bear so much before it wants to attack you. I mean, you really can't poke a bear at all, but I think most people on the right have been way accommodating of people on the left because most people on the right have the worldview that just like as long as it's not bothering me, man, you do what you do, just – you know, I'm, I'll do me, you do you. But the problem with that philosophy, unfortunately, is that the left views anyone who's not on the left as an enemy. So, like, ultimately, it's a one sided war. It's a one sided battle. Uh, yeah, it could be a war. One sided war, because it's like one side is actively aggressive against the other, whereas the other side is barely defending itself. It's just saying, come on, man, leave me alone. I'm just trying to do my thing. It could only get to a certain point. Uh, it could only go off for so far. And I mean, they're at this point right now where they're they're bringing children into it. And I think that whether by design, because it does seem like it's by design, like suddenly throwing the trans and gay people out to the wolves. Whereas before, the media kept them as their sacred. They they would not let anybody criticize the LGBTQ stuff. But now it seems like, dude, Matt Walsh, the Daily Wire, you got Tucker Carlson. Laura Ingram, you got the mainstream conservative news pundits actively speaking out against uh, the trans movement. And uh, they're really pushing. And it's, I think, thankfully, thank God they're pushing this. But (laughs) the fact that they're targeting children, I mean, thank God that they're pushing um, that we should not be reacting against that, that we should not be endorsing that at this point. So, yeah, it's just, um, I guess my point is it just seems like they're presenting them as uh, this is the, they knew, they know there's going to be a point where those who are on the right are going to finally have enough. And I think that they anticipate that to be where the children are targeted because that's usually how it happens in history. So they're presenting the gays and the, and the drag queens and the trans people who historically are also their favorite targets. And, and they, I mean, the people in authority, they don't like gay people. I'm, um, I, I'm, that's not me saying that that's, or that's not me saying, I don't like gay people. That's authority figures. Don't, they, they don't why they, that's not, that, that's just not on their level. I mean, some of them are about that life, but like, they don't view anybody who's like, who's like cattle. They don't, or uh, the, the 99% they view them as cattle. So whether, whatever you're and if you buy into a lifestyle that they're selling you, it's just like a drug dealer who's selling his selling drugs to people. They don't hang out with the guy they sell crack to on the corner. Not usually. I mean, not any successful drug dealer. I know they don't hang out with the guys. They, uh, sell to, to the addicts. They sell to, they view them as less than and, uh, Anyway, so I'm just – it's its interesting that this is kind of where we're at. And I, I do wonder if – well, I don't wonder. I know there's going to be a point where there is some sort of pushback. And I think it could be a very powerful uh, – I don't even know, destructive pushback. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: you know, what, a, what do they say in order to – create communism in China, they had to get rid of the four, uh, the four olds, right? The old ideas, the old culture, uh, old customs, uh, old habits. So, I mean, that's what they're trying to destroy everything. They have to destroy yep. all those things in order for them to, um, you know, get their true stranglehold over everything. Because that that's ultimately uh, what they want, is control over every asset, aspect of your life. And, uh, you know, the digitiz- digitalization of our lives and it, it's already happening in front of us. Uh, you know, it sounds very Orwellian, but uh, that's just then, the, you know, technology gives communism uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I would say like credibility, but it, it would definitely, it helps the communist idea um to have this sort of technology help them because I mean, you know, the track and trace system, uh, you know, it's kind of like Minority Report-ish where, you know, you're going to be scanned everywhere you go. I mean, you go in the city and yeah, you don't think they have uh, facial recognition technology to know exactly who's walking down the street. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it literally is in, like, real time uh, that they can do that. And if anything happens, they can go back and see exactly where, when, who was here, and um, to think that that's not possible is uh, – but bottom line is that technology is going to be used against us. And eventually, you know, the, the Internet is being used against us. And the Internet is taking life from us because everybody is hooked into the system. And now you get social media, you get all these things that are distracting people. So that is like the most brilliant piece, uh, a, a brilliant idea. Just everybody having a cell phone that can be tracked and traced. For the communist ideology, um, you know everything you say, they hear. You know it knows when you wake up, knows everything about you. It monitors your your heartbeat. You know it knows everything about. You. you know, yeah, it knows more about you than you know about yourself. You know, and all that stuff is being put to. I think what the Google Brain or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, you know, so if they're gonna have a technology out there that's gonna know more about you then you will about yourself and be like, oh, you know, you looked up this on this date. You know, these these are your emotions. These are your feelings. I mean, this is like all real stuff that, you know, is very possible and we should not turn a blind eye to. And I think that there needs to be some sort of limit.
0: Imagine the level of, of blackmail and extortion possible due to all of these metrics that are being gathered. You could get, so. I mean, and beyond that, you could do deep fakes on people to totally set them up. So imagine you're just a you're a pretty outstanding individual. You're trying to do right for the community. Maybe you want to get into politics. It could be a small small even local election. And for whatever reason, there are special interests that represent one of your opponents, and they come to you and they say, "Hey, by the way, uh, we caught you whacking off. We have a video of you whacking off from ten years ago." You're like, "What?" Like, yeah, yeah, uh, it just so happens that, that uh, so <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> they're like, oh, no, no. Well, uh, just so. Ha- I mean, this is your IP address. This is your uh, this is your Mac address for your for your phone. Right. I mean, we have we have these records here that kind of trace that. Uh, yeah, I guess somebody must have. I don't know. It looks like your camera recorded you and it uploaded it to a, a cloud. And now we have it. Like you're kidding me, and I mean if that if if that's doesn't happen, it could be, could be a deep fake. Like um, that's that's very possible, and I bet that happens more often than we even think. Where they're putting people in certain places, um, covering people up who were places who are n- now no longer there. It's really crazy stuff, and I mean it's very doable. You see the the deep fake stuff. I don't know if you've seen a lot of this stuff, but it's like if if you know it's a deep fake, you could almost always kind of call something out you're like this is this is definitely ai this isn't a real person but uh it's it's pretty advanced at this point i mean i i bet it's also more advanced in like a military capacity than we see in the public
1: yeah well what is the ultimate um What like what is the ultimate solution then uh like, what do we do? How, how do you, you're not gonna be able to avoid it. You know, they, they have uh, Elon Musk, what is it, Stargate, Starnet, whatever the hell it's called, Starlink. Um,
0: yeah, Starlink and Neural. Neuralink. They'll
1: never be able to get away from the internet. And everybody's like, right. oh, Starlink's great. No, it's not great. You're not gonna be able to avoid, get, get away from the internet. So when they put the freaking mini drones in the air, the freaking, you know, the, uh, the drones that are the size of freaking bees. You know, they, they it's all hooked up to the 5G network by satellite. We can't shut that down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and and people think that this technology is good, and it, and it always, at first, might seem like it is. But, and, you know, you can't trust these people. And that, that, you know, the scary part is, if you think about it, like, Elon Musk controls the space. Freaking uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Bezos controls You know, AWS, the internet, controls shipping. Bill Gates controls the farmland. You know what I mean? So you have all these billionaires, like, literally taking over everything. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? You know, and it's like, whose world is it? You know, is it our world? Or is it really their world that they're allowing us to live in this system? And they can bring down that system at any time they want. I'm not talking about Elon Musk and Bill Gates. I'm talking about... You know, the the real power behind governments and all that stuff. I mean, like, we are able to live this life because they allow us and they know that. You know, like, they could stop shipping, they could do all these things. So, um, I, I just think that the whole uh, uh, leftist ideology is just to bring down everything. So, and, and, and then put, and put the new system in place and uh, the 1984 style uh and but the thing is it will make it seem like you'll have safety you know, in the system that you might be you know, you know that you know you you will now have there'll be no more poverty there'll be no more of that you know and everybody will be equal and like every time every, everybody every, when i hear that everybody will be equal i'm like that's communism literally communism you know so uh but I'm not, I'm not all for the system that we're in today because it's a slave system, you know? So, uh, I mean, uh, both are slave systems, but we're living in a slave system now. It's just because it's a a debt economy. And then, uh, so it's, uh, you know, I I don't have the the perfect solution to, uh, not, not how to govern, but what the proper government might be. But, uh, it, it's uh I, I it's definitely not the way we're headed. That's for damn sure. You know, I mean, I you know, obviously being libertarian, we're limited government people, uh, because uh, government is like a cancer. It seeps into everything and just destroys it. So, um,
0: yeah. Well, you know, I feel I I have a lot of libertarian principles, like foundational principles, but I do still feel the I I see the need for authority for government. I actually see the need for a very strong sort of, uh authority but you know it has to represent fully the interests of the people um I, I definitely want to get into that we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back i think we're gonna we're gonna delve into some solutions and we're gonna explore maybe why this you know all this doom and gloom may not be as doom and gloom as uh, as it all appears so we'll get into that more when we come back yeah we'll stay thanks guys see you on the other side
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Adam from the Optimal State Podcast. Uh, that song that you just listened to—that was uh, a Qatari original or an Optimal State Podcast original, whatever you prefer—called "My World." Uh, that song was recorded in Applehead Studios in Woodstock, about a half hour from where Jared and I grew up, small mountain town. Uh, yeah, so it was—it was good times doing that, you know, playing music the city and recording music and uh we've talked about on previous podcasts how music was our only real uh focus back then we didn't really care about anything else we just wanted to keep making the band better and uh yeah so that was a uh, special time in history pre-covid pre-virus
0: uh we were legends
1: yeah pre-biden
0: in our own Uh, minds
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and That's all you need to be, especially in this world, man.
0: You know, that's that's all they that's all they leave you with, man. They give you no other choice. But funny enough, actually, there is a I've I've noticed this um, interesting call out for people is that uh, they're calling people out for being in their own hero narrative or their own hero story, where everybody thinks <laughs> that they're the central character and everyone else around them is a supporting character. And we we all kind of, I mean, you know, but at the same time, we all kind of, we have to live this life. We are our main characters in our lives, right? But the, I think it's to such a hyperbolic extreme in the instance that they're calling these people out, that they're just flat out narcissists and they take no accountability for anything and are just completely reactionary. That's sort of the storyline that's sold often in Hollywood or media is that, uh, especially these days you don't normally see a hero who is or the central character of the story who is actively trying to get something. Oftentimes things happen to them, but we don't often see our heroes in in the modern age who are aspiring to get stuff. You do, you do here and there, but most of the time, and usually when you do, it's something silly related to social justice because they love to filter that stuff through the media these days in in every possible way. But Otherwise, it's pretty reactionary. But um, anyway, that yeah. was a little tangent. Oh, go ahead, dude. Sorry.
1: Well, yeah, no. What, what I was saying is, I was talking to uh, my co worker earlier today, and uh, I said, like, we live in the easiest time in human history, and we're more disconnected from each other than ever. But we're so, we're connected, but we're disconnected. And what's driving that disconnect? And uh, I guess we kind of touched on it earlier because it's almost like they divide us. And because uh, as I said, we used to, uh, you know, we're so connected, but now we're, we're so disconnected from ourselves, from other people, and you have to kind of, you know, ask yourself why that is. I mean, how could we live in the easiest time in human history and, and people feel this way about themselves? And as we always say, it's by design, it's it's just no, uh, there's just no way, nothing in, in my world, and I don't know if this is how it is in your world, but. Nothing is to chance. Nothing happens by chance. Um, I I kind of believe that the universe, you know, the people that you meet, everything everything happens for a reason. And uh, I I really believe that the way that our society is being run today is to take everybody away from themselves. And that's why you have that kind of like that mindset of like people just being in their own world and not wanting to be, you know, attached to reality or attached to uh, um, other people in a way that's meaningful. Because uh, I, I think that it's the control system at the end of the day. And what better control system is there by people not knowing who they are and people not understanding who they are. And when... People don't understand themselves. We have things that, that happen like in Tennessee and all this other stuff.
0: Yeah, this we were talking about this before we went to break in terms of solutions. And I think what you're highlighting here, you're calling out the the predicament, right, that most people are in, which is that they are in a state of confusion. And it is by design. I mean, it's it, you're confusing the masses so they don't know which way is up. Everything is inverted. All all truth, all so-called truth, is inverted, right? Like, uh, what is a woman? Uh, a woman is everything, but what an, a woman actually is in the in the modern definition, acor- according to the left, um, you know, it's like those who are oppressed or so who are so-called oppressed are actually the ones doing the oppressing. And the list just goes on and on and on with the inversions. We don't need to go through them. I think most of our listeners are very aware of that and are probably on the receiving end of some of this lunacy. So solutions, that's what we were going to try to touch on. Quick little disclaimer, you know, we're not, it's not like we're running a sort of utopia over here where we've implemented these solutions. But I think through experience and through watching what's unfolding before us, I think these – I like have just three pretty simple things I think that I think could help people uh, in at least facing the sort of predicament that they're in right now, this sort of confusion. One is to stop treating things – all things as disposable. Everything needs to be given value. And I think that ties into what you were saying before about everything – nothing being left to chance, things having a reason – well I think it also you know if we substituted reason for value I think that's also uh important because you know that which we o- that occupies our space whether it's energy material uh, sentient creatures w- whatever it is uh warmth coldness it's it's all part of of reality manifesting before you so it all does have value it all is it all is something that contains properties so these properties denote that it has values that it has uh properties associated with it right so um basically give value to things especially that which is life you know and then it's also not feeling like that's a bad thing to cuz that that ultimately means that there's judgment involved that you are judging things you're judging people you're judging how things are operating, but that's necessary because to do that is where you will start developing standards. But where do those standards come from? That's kind of my second point, which is that those standards need to come from a higher place than the state. You can't just be looking to fallible humans to provide your moral guidework. You need to look beyond that. You need to look to the ancient wisdom. You need to look to God. You need to look to a higher power. And that's where it needs to come from. Ideally, and this is where Christianity gets it very right, this God should not be the God of your ideal creation. It shouldn't be the God of your mind, the God that knows you're a good person and therefore permits you to do some of the things that you do, which most other people, if they knew you did them, would call you out for being a sick degenerate freak. Uh, You know, anyway, but that's uh, so that's where that's number two is like, you know, go into that higher power that's not the state and then you know number three how do i phrase this i think number three really is just that you the the vastness of the state it needs to be called into question the 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 apps, the authority that we give to the state, it shouldn't just be an intrinsic thing or a the de facto thing, some default condition. It needs to be checked. And I think the ideal uh, situation for us, the ideal social structure for humans is smaller, manageable where you actually know most people, anybody who is like, interested in running the system or even people who aren't like they'll they know the the moving pieces of it right now it's impossible to know every moving piece i mean we're talking like a system that is global in scale and that is designed not to have like a foundation of of like sound it doesn't have sound monetary policy they're doing everything in their power to undermine the sound legal philosophy of the United States. You know, they're like that, and that's the whole thing with this, with the uh the Tennessee three thing, um, is it's all going after the Second Amendment, you know, and it's so anyway, those would be like my three takeaways in summer or my three sort of like solutions that an individual could do to kind of combat the confusion that they are trying to swim through, which is, you know, one is um what was it? It's finding value in finding value in all things and then therefore judging based on that value. And two is to, um, oh my gosh, what was two, two was the state, I believe it's, uh, calling into the question, the authority of the state and three was that the state shouldn't be so large. I think I got two a little messed up, but that was kind of what I was thinking in terms of like a more immediate solutions that people could just use to start checking where they're at. Um, You know, I think these kind of help establish maybe some first principles sort of thinking, but uh, you know, I do look at things a little slightly different than you, I think my friend, in that, you know, we talk about our philosophy being grounded in libertarianism, but I do think that, it goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show that if we're, if we're not, if we're not like reacting or if we're not being more aggressive and more direct with uh, the other side, then we're letting them define the rules of engagement. And that's why the right is losing over and over and over again. That's why the right does not own any of the channels of communication. That's why, the left is in charge of basically the entire establishment and it's still not enough for them. So it's, it's got to get to the point where enough is enough. And what's the scary thing is though, man, it's just like, I don't know how far the pendulum is going to swing the other way. That's the really alarming thing because you think about like a very traditional Islamic society, and there's a lot of really great things you could say for them. I mean, they keep things in order, they don't allow any public degeneracy, they want to protect their women, you know, from other men, uh, very like grounded in religion and God. But then, you know, there's some things that we in the West are a little alarmed about when we look when we're outside looking in. We're like, oh, well, really can't see any like that. It's gotta be like a hundred degrees out. That lady's wearing that full-on burqa with just her eyes peeking out but i personally don't have that much of an issue with it i think that that's better than encouraging our women to sexualize themselves and then having men debase themselves by ogling after these women all day i think that's like the worst thing you could do one of the worst things you could do to a society is be doing that because it creates weakness and that's all that's what we're trying to Encourage you not to choose. If you take anything away from listening to our show, it's just, if you're given the binary, if you're given the option to choose between something that's going to strengthen yourself or weaken yourself, choose to strengthen yourself. And it's you know, like, duh, dude, obviously. But is it that obvious? Because it's way easier to just like nap on the couch all day. It's way easier to go get some McDonald's tonight. It's way, you know, it's just... There's so many things that are easier and more fun and more pleasurable and give you that dopamine hit. Things that are not fun, often, you know, the things that you have to sacrifice the most for often yield the greatest rewards. But a lot of people don't are not. We're so coddled and we're so comfortable. Like you said, we are today living in the most comfortable material, rich era ever. And people are more unhappy than ever. And it's because they don't, Know how to value things. They, everything is being given to people so freely and easily. And they have the privilege of getting outraged about all this social justice stuff. I mean, if we were living in any other, most other, like 80% of other countries in the world, or let's say, probably not 80%, more like, I think it is like 50 to 60% of other countries in the world right now, present day, are in some sort of state of civil unrest, conflict, or even civil war. That's a crazy t- statistic, you know. Half the world is in some sort of state of civil unrest. So, I mean, we could very well be there. To, we could be there tomorrow, man. We talked about it two episodes ago. They they release an uh, a nuke. They they detonated high in the atmosphere. EMP. All the electrical grid goes out. Nobody. You think anybody in the modern age is going to know how to? survive for longer than two, three days. It's going to be complete, utter chaos out there with no electricity, with no refrigerated food, with no gasoline pumps pumping gas. And we're just, we're 10 days. I I mean, I'm pretty sure the whole George Floyd riot stuff happened on 420. So we are in the prime time right now. We are gearing up for... I think we're very likely to see whatever sort of crazy event they're about to unleash on us. It seems like it's coming pretty quick. It's, it's just around the corner. Any thoughts on that? Any, uh, you, you see, you see anything well, in the tea leaves? You know,
1: I got a I uh, I bought this Thomas Paine quote from my father. So I put, I had him put it on his bar. Uh, it says we have what we obtain too cheap. We esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. And I think that, um, that's what we're missing. You know, the dearness that we have for things, you know what I mean? The that um, the connection, the meaningful connections that we used to have with others, because that's how we used to survive as human beings. We used to have meaningful connections with other people, uh, you know, because we had to survive that way. You know what I mean? Even, um, you know, like, think about like American Indians and all these things, like they had tribes for a reason, you know, because they had to survive together. And, you know, could you imagine like trying to survive, and, you know, you're trying to interact with somebody, and that person was just like, oh man, that person's annoying, man, you see a stupid bump on his nose, man, I'm not talking to that guy, you know what I mean, like, you know, it's just, we're, we're living in idiocracy, and that's all I see now, and it's just so hard to to witness our society go down the tubes like this, and uh, it's it's disgraceful. Really is disgraceful. Um, but you know, my, uh, one of the solutions that I would say is, I, I think, on not a grand solution or macro solution, but more of like a, a solution for self is just to get to know yourself. With you know, because that is so important. I think that's the reason why we ourselves, you and I, have been able to see the world this way because we we were able to like look inside ourselves and kind of. You know find ourselves in a certain way and until you do that you're not going to be able to see the truth uh, and I believe it's some sort of like awakening that happens and it doesn't happen overnight you don't go to sleep and you're just like oh I'm a different person but I think that as you um, get more mature and if you you know you do the right thing and your focus is just about doing the right thing and nothing other than the right thing, you know, good things will happen because that, that's good karma. And when you do good things, good people want to be around. Uh, and it's like you said, people will manipulate their own mind to what they think is a good thing. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just giving this girl a place to stay. You know, I'm a good person. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and or whatever it is, you know, whatever, uh, how people manipulate situations, you know, uh, I, I think, that um, we all make mistakes, but it's how you reflect on those mistakes and, and and try to make a meaningful change after that mistake is is how you grow. Um, because I can't say that I, you know I make mistakes daily. Uh, you know I you know sometimes you might mistreat somebody and you don't even realize it until later, and you, you try to you know make amends for that person to some degree or whatever it is. I, I just think that people. You know, it's kind of like what we, we talked before. We, you know, we want people to be mindful, not mindless. And we live in a mindless society and people are missing that mindfulness um, that like that connection that the, you, you have with other people. Uh, you should be looking for those connections and that, and I, I kind of feel that people are always looking for for something wrong in somebody rather than trying to see the good. You know if you could see the good in somebody on a daily basis, that it'll you, benefit your soul, you know, because uh, it's easiest for it's easy to go negative. It's easy for us to find the wrong things and everything. It's easy for us to always blame everybody else. Everyone else is the problem. But until you fix those things about yourself, you're you know you're not really gonna make a change. And uh, um, I I just I, I just think it's like a conscious uh, like a world conscious uh, problem. You know, it's something that is like being you know because we're being poisoned at the end of the day we're being poisoned at every degree and uh you know it's like edgar casey says like the um wait uh, <clears throat> what you what you do to others is reflected in your own life and because everything mirrors back at you so if you treat you know if you are a negative person you're going to treat other one, other people negatively and if you treat other people negatively that's the way you you choose to live your life and uh but we live in a very materialistic society, and that's what drives it. So There's a lot of complicated things there. Um, I think that, you know, we brought up another thing. I would bring up number two would be just being healthy, doing healthy things. I think you know we, we sometimes get away with uh, get away from that. But now I don't even look at this. The food to safe, you know. Like I can't even fucking look at burger. I mean, don't get me wrong. I you know I. Maybe if I'll have it, like, as, a, like, almost like a delicacy, like, oh, I'll, I, I might have McDonald's once a month or twice, you know what I mean? But yeah, that, that is it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I set a limit, you know? And I, I and I think that most people don't do anything in moderation. They just, like, it, it's, like, all or nothing for a lot of people. A lot of people have turned into extremists. So I think that we all need to tend to find a middle ground a little bit. Um, and if you want to personalize it in your own life, you got to, you know, find things that, um, you know, and, and things that you enjoy but not do it to the, such an extent that it's a, it's an extreme. You know, whether it's food or, you know, you can go to the gym too much, you could, you know, you, whatever it is, you know, there's, there's always something that you can uh, you can try to moderate a little bit better or do more of, you know, because you're not doing enough of it, so you got to moderate it, you know, and uh, so I think that's a big thing. It's just being healthy because it's about mind, body, and spirit and it's all connected and uh, so I... I I truly believe it. People are, are, and that's why they try to tell everyone to stay inside during COVID. They want everybody sick. They don't want them out there in the sunlight, getting vitamin D, walking out, feeling good about themselves. You know, they want you freaking in front of the boob tube, in front of your phone, looking at, you know, uh, looking at nonsense, the the garbage that's on there that is poisoning your mind and make you you sick. It's uh, and it's never ending. So, and then, and the third thing I would say is to, kind of. You know, relieve yourself from all this stuff, um, and uh, we're we're talking about simple solutions, like step by step solutions, not macro solutions, like I said. But like, you know, try to ease off, and the internet because it's it's a dark place, and not get and and not get so involved in all these crazy issues because it's negative. You know, try to find things that are more positive in your life because I think that it's just about, you know, if if people are healthy and their and their mindset is good, I, I think. They'll make meaningful changes, but if you're sitting in front of a television and look at all the division and all this stuff, and uh, you know you looking on Instagram and you're looking at, you know, you're you're not healthy, but you're looking at all these healthy people and you're thinking to yourself, you know, oh, why, why can't I do that? And I'm not even on Instagram, so I, I you know what I mean. But I just know that that's what people are doing. You know, they, they're, you know they're slobs and they're sitting on Instagram wishing they were somebody else. And that is the worst trap you could ever fall into is not loving yourself and wishing you were somebody else. I don't wish I was somebody else. I don't like if someone is on a yacht somewhere or a fucking other private plane, good for them. That's not me. And that's not, uh, that's not, you know, what I'm, uh, what I'm meant to be. Cause I'm not there. So People need to get away from the comparison game as well. You know? 100%
0: dude. Those are great. Great nuggets right there. Thanks for throwing those in, man. So I'm thinking, you know, I, I threw three in there, you threw three in there. I'll do a quick little summary. So what I was saying earlier was, um, you know, in terms of like, what we're, what we're trying to frame here is like how to not be so, um, I guess not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say victim, but like to be, uh taken advantage of by the system, uh, by the confusion that they're throwing you, you know, we're trying to give like certain solutions so that you don't, maybe you can start breaking out of that. So what I was saying is that, um, you should value everything, not well, treat victim, things I as disposable. Victim,
1: think about it this way. They keep you as the victim. The victim never moves on.
0: They don't right. want you
1: to move on. You know what I mean? So they stay in that state, the victim, you know, it's not until you empower yourself to not become a victim where you can grow emotionally and be a better person. So I just wanted to throw that in there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely, I think like one of the over, that that touches on almost all these points, right. Is like not to be a victim. So yeah, one value, everything and judge according to high standards, you could replace judge with uh, basically just having high standards. So, you know, don't treat things, be objective, yeah. Be objective and, and have standards. And value things. Don't treat things as disposable. This goes a- across the board. I mean, it's like, we live in such a disposable society. You walk down the street, there's trash everywhere. There are human beings like homeless on the street, crapping, there, crapping in a corner. And it's just like, we have this, we put blinders up and we feel like it's okay to go through existence where certain things are not given value, but it's all valuable. It's everything is valuable. So try to you know, approach life where you find beauty in everything and you want things to come to their highest, most beautiful uh standard that they could be. And to do that, you know, this goes to point two, is look to a higher power. Don't look to the state to set your moral compass. And then number three, which ties into that, would which would be uh disconnect from that whole narrative, that that spigot that of of inversion that's coming from mainly the i guess the central government but you know the the public masters who are who are running that whole thing so try to disconnect from that as much as possible and think smaller think more local think what your community think what your church your family your friends uh that's these people are obviously the most important not saying completely uh, turn away from what's going on and what um the news that's obviously very that's important enough but uh you don't. You definitely don't want to neglect your um, what's what's immediately around you because you that's what you can most positively affect. Uh, going to what Adam was saying, he was saying uh, number one, be mindful, not mindless. So that's you know just being thoughtful, and uh, number two would be to focus on health and wellness, and that's that's a truth that I've been coming to, man. I mean. You and I have been athletes most of our lives, but uh, I've definitely fallen away from that the past few months since I I've been working this like insane new job, and it's just been yeah, it's I but I should have never put my health on the shelf. Um, you always want to prioritize that because they'll work you to death, dude. But you're you don't have anything if you don't have your health, as my my old man once said. And finally, uh, your third point was to disengage. And disconnect from the media, but primarily social media. Because they're just funneling crap into your head. So yeah, the the more time you can do away from that, the better. We do encourage you guys to follow us on Twitter at Optimal State Pod, but other than that, you know, we're doing that mainly we're in that world mainly just to, you know, spread the word of the podcast, engage with a bunch of psychopaths who have crazy ideas, but we want to kind of move the needle a little bit but if you don't need to be out there don't be out there don't recommend it um but yeah i think that's kind of you know some advice from a couple knuckleheads who are the podcast hosts for the optimal state so there you go maybe that'll prove useful to i mean what you were saying dude that proves useful to me and i i, I don't know if what i said will prove useful but uh, i hope so i'm trying to provide value well yeah
1: i i would say that anybody that uh, you know don't go on the internet unless you're going to listen to us, basically. That's what I was saying before. You know, stay away from the internet, but, you know what I mean? Like, just come to us. We'll give you everything, and then just shut the CNN down, shut the Joe Rogan down, shut, shut – you know what I mean? Shut all that shit down. Just listen to us, and then go about your business.
0: That's it, man. The world will be a better place. Probably would be. would
1: be. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Next year, is just everything on fire. Yeah. Ah, uh, dude, I, I think we messed this up.
1: <laughs> this uh, neo-anarchist uh, way of governing didn't really
0: work out. Yeah. Uh, oops. Uh, back to the tripod. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in. Joining us today on uh, on the Optimal State. This has been a fun one. I'm glad we got to chat about a bunch of things and uh, you know delve into the usual stuff. But I, I I'm glad that we spent a little more time exploring some actual feasible solutions and um, not just railing against everything going wrong. Because that—that that is what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to just be another fear porn media outlet that's just reporting on all the ills of the world. There's there's plenty of that, but we're trying to do it in a way that's constructive. And if you like what we're doing here, again, join us over on Twitter at Optimal State Pod. We also, you could shoot us an email if you want. Uh, we'd love to read it on air at OptimalStatePod at gmail.com. And um, anything else, Adam? Before we before we get out of here. Get out of here. I just think that it's uh we we're just trying
1: to get the individual to change themselves because once the individual changes themselves, they can help make a change a broader change. But until you change yourself, you're not gonna be able to put yourself into a situation where you're gonna be able to make a meaningful change in life. So uh, hopefully we can help you steer you in the right direction, and I uh, hope to. Uh, well, I hope you
0: guys tune in again soon. So, have a good night, guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good night, everyone. The Optimal State Podcast. See you later.